welcome back to another episode of Many Entrepreneur. It's so good to be back and I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode because Callum is a long friend of mine. So in this episode, I spoke with Callum Nicholson, a serial networker and an unconventional growth strategist. We spoke about how he got into coaching and then rebranded himself as a growth strategist for businesses through networking and public speaking. Highlighting as well the power of networking and the impact it's made on Callum's life as both an individual and as a freelancer. He's got so many cool opportunities from networking and he just, he knows an incredible amount of people and that's really benefited him in his journey and I think it really highlights the power of networking as as young people. And lastly, the imposter syndrome he has dealt with from helping businesses as a young person while also funding from his previous business was stolen by a co-founder of his. It's an amazing story about how he's overcome that imposter syndrome to now, you know, helping startups through their growth. And he's got some amazing results from clients of his. And of course, we talk about um, the approach that you should take to your own business when it comes to unconventional growth strategies. Um, And I know loads of you guys would want to stay to hear that because it is very useful. Also, since coming back on the podcast, we've got some amazing comments from so many of you. So I can't thank you guys enough. And I'm so glad to be back on the podcast. We did take an extended break for Christmas, but we are back and it's going to be back weekly. And uh, yeah, I don't think we'll stop until next Christmas. So there's a lot of episodes coming up, a lot of really amazing guests. Um, so yeah, just sit back, subscribe to the podcast, recommend it to your friends, leave a five-star written review on our podcast, and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Don't have time for it on this episode because it is a little bit long, but we will do it next week. You have my word on that. Anyway, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey, Callum, how are you? Hello. I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, really, really good. Thanks. It's so good to have you on the podcast. We've been like... We've been friends for a long time and it's like a pretty, pretty long time coming. I know like we basically, I think we connected maybe half a year ago and then- I was just about to say about then, six months. Yeah, yeah half a year ago. Months. And ever since then, it's been like, you've been speaking like pretty much every month on like stuff that you're doing, stuff that I'm doing, stuff that you've helped out with wing. And you've really like flourished the last six months, I have to say. Thanks. Um, I'd like to say I have. I've put a lot of work into everything that I've done and everything that I've been working on. Um, so I probably really have- stood out quite a lot especially when we've been talking quite a lot so you've probably seen it a lot more but yeah it's it's been crazy it's absolutely blown up over the last six months yeah it's difficult because as like a freelancer that you are it's like you're all about obviously like raising your profile and like doing all these different posts to kind of to attract the clients to you I'm really interested before we kind of jump into like what you actually do like was that something that came naturally to you like we like shouting about what we were doing yeah, I guess it was actually. I've always kind of been able to shout about it because since since my original business, which was like a retail business, I've been really good at finding PR or marketing. I've done it quite organically. Um, it kind of comes down to when you don't have a marketing budget, you've really got to innovate. Um, yeah, you've really yeah. got to find ways to market yourself. I know that so, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's naturally come in that sense. Um, I guess it has. It, it just kind of came to me. Don't get me wrong. I've tried a lot of things that that have worked and tried a lot of things that really didn't work. Um, and it, it turns out it's doing things like this that really worked to me in the long run, doing live videos, video content, podcast, public speaking. Just a general post from me doesn't really... I don't, My personality, which apparently is the, the most investable part of me or the most likable part of me, you don't come across in them types of posts. So now what I mainly do is video content and so on and so on but I mean your your personality is like that's the thing that's like 
can be quite difficult to scale because it's like you're doing a lot of a lot of content. But I mean, the best way is basically to just like record a content and just like do continuous things and, and stuff like that. Basically, what I'm trying to do with podcasting is like it's, yeah. it's always going to be there. So I understand why you're like trying to get onto podcasts because it does take your personality, a snapshot of what it is right now, and like you can, you, yeah, people can watch it kind of all the time or listen to it all the time. Yeah, completely. And one of the things I've learned with like doing like podcasts, live videos, things like that is, yeah, this is one piece of content, but I can break this down no matter how long it is into five, 10, 15, 20 pieces of different content, you know, just taking snippets out. And that's also what it came down to. Cause I think one of the biggest struggles people get when the marketing is, well, what should I post? You know, what, what should I post? What, what, are, what are people are interested in? Um, so when, that's why I also like doing these kind of things because I can break them down into more pieces of content and kind of elaborate more on what that's about or so on and so on. And it, oh, it helps so much. Yeah, it's very underrated that, like, I guess, micro content. And like, it's something that I've definitely tried to explore on this podcast. It's just difficult to do because it's just like you have to find people to do it for you. And like, I'm doing a hundred different things. And like, for, for me, it doesn't give me as much value as I, I, I am guessing it would probably give you because you're you're kind of the way that the, the things that you're doing is like the more exposure you get the more clients you get the more money you get that's just the way it work, they work the way it works like for me it's a bit more convoluted because it's like yeah people find me through linkedin and then like, they might like get take an interest in wing or my nfc or whatever i'm doing but it's a bit more sort of like convoluted you know so i guess like it'll be great to jump into what is it what it is you actually do because we talk about freelancing but specifically what is it that you actually do oh it's a good shout um so my main thing is i'm a growth strategist um, so I went by the term business coach for what, three and a half years. Um, I've been self-employed for about five business coaching is a title for about three and a half, but for the last six months, as of recording this, the title coach just really didn't resonate with me anymore. I was like, I do way more than that. Um, and I found myself saying, you know, oh, I'm a coach, but I do way more than that. And I was like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't need that caveat. Um, so I'd say a few weeks ago, once again, just before recording this, um, I asked all my clients, I asked business friends, and I said, how does growth strategist sound? Does a growth strategist describe me and what I do and so on and so on? And all of them said, yeah, because coaching is an element within that. So a growth strategist is a bit like, well, once again, what does that mean? I help you scale or grow your business, but I say it unconventionally, you know, I do it in unconventional manners. Because that's how I've scaled my businesses, my success. And when I do think about it, one of my best friends actually said this to me was, oh, you're quite successful. And then he stopped and he went, but I don't mean financially. I mean in what you've accomplished and, you know, the respect that you've got and so on and so on. So obviously we've talked a lot about me networking and how much I do it. And I know we'll probably end up diving into it, but it is true, the success and the things that I've got from that. And that ties in with growth strategy and being able to do that and teaching these people how to also do that in a different way, being unconventional in a conventional world. And that's what it comes to to business. You know, you need to pivot. You know, there's a lot more to business than just coaching or mentoring. There's systems, there's processes, there's marketing. You know, there's all these different things, all these different ways of doing it. But a lot of the time it is you have to now, especially after the last couple of years, you really need to look at how you can do it in a different, unconventional, pivotal way that breaks the norms completely You've got to do it i have to i have to ask because i know loads of people will be asking this it's like what is what what does unconventional mean in this context like specifically how because like what it's, it's a blurred line right like so what 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 is unconventional about about you about your practices 
and about like what you're kind of promoting within businesses that you work with. Okay, I'm a 26 year old growth uh, growth strategist that coaches and mentors business owners of all ages. That's unconventional in a sense. Conventional would be a business coach that is 40 plus, 50 plus, a lot of the time predominantly male um, in a suit that's been corporate and all these kind of things throughout these years. Um, whereas being unconventional, my age is already an aspect of it. You know, it, it already breaks one of the biggest norms when it comes to it. And it's doing things differently. It's doing things other people are scared to do. And for me, if you could make someone go, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. that that's what you want. That, that's, what you look, that's what you're looking for. It's looking for that person that's going, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. That's not what I'd really look at. Um, and I had this. I had this. She's now one of my best friends, but it was my original PA. Um, she's an amazing friend. She'll probably end up listening to this. But she used to say to me, oh, you need to be a little bit more professional. Or I wouldn't really say that. And it took me a little while. And I, I was listening to her. And it took me a while to go, actually, no, like, People will like me for being me. Eventually, someone will. There'll be other people like myself that will want to be themselves. And being yourself is such a hard thing in business. And once again, being yourself is unconventional because a lot of time you're expected not to be. Um, and that also ties in being unconventional for me. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. Whenever, the way that I am in life as well, like I'm always kind of attracted to people, like the personalities where they're kind of like unapologetically themselves. That's something that like, I, I hate like, I worked in consulting for like a year and a bit and within that corporate space there's so much like just fake stuff like people acting like they're interested in something when they're just not or like they act like they have knowledge in an industry that they just don't have anything any knowledge in and it's like always just like pretending it's fine to not know stuff like it's I, I don't understand why you're trying to like fake things like I ask questions all the time to people that are younger than me older than me like it doesn't matter to me because it's just like I don't know the answer I'm not going to pretend like I do so any sort of like fake stuff. I feel like big corporates as well. That that is a very common thing. It's like kind of completely. I was just going to say for me, it's I, I love the fact of there's a quote which once again ties on uncom- being unconventional. Be the dumbest person in the room, right? Be the dumbest person. Don't worry about by when people say, oh, be the smart person in the room. That don't, you know that don't mean arrogantly or whatever. Um, for me, it means be the be the dumbest person is better because you, then you'll just absorb from everyone else. You will just take from everyone else. If you are the dumbest person in the room, you can just absorb from everyone else. Even if you feel like you already know something, you know you can ask that person to go deeper because you don't understand it. And they will end up saying things that you don't possibly know or you don't really think of it in a diff- in that context. You think of it in a different way, and it is. It's that's what I think. Once again, a lot of corporate people struggle with because the more bothered about being a ten out of ten in something when I'd rather be a nine out of 10 in lots of things. And, you know, it's called stackable skills. It's, I'd rather be a nine out of 10 in, in lots of things than a 10 out of 10 in just one, because there's a lot more strength in that. I think I think as well, like Callum, I think you did raise an interesting point. I'd love to get our like listeners input on this. I think, I think our generation is like more, more generalist compared mm-hmm. to like older generations. I don't, I, I don't really know why that is, to be honest. Maybe it's because they like to do co- like different things. Like for me, for yeah. instance, I do podcasting. I also like do wing, I do my NFT. And for you, like you, you do talking, but you also do like growth strategy within companies. I was like, totally, like they can't, I mean, they're related, but they're different things, right? Fundamentally. Yeah. And you're, you have like networking groups as well that you run. So maybe it's just the variety aspect that like younger people like, I'm not sure, but it's a very interesting point that you raised. I'd love to kind of like talk about how you started in this space. Like we talked about, I guess, like 
going into companies and, and mm-hmm. bringing up these unconventional growth strategies. And I, I do want to dig into that a bit deeper later on the episode, but how did you actually get started in, in this space? In this space was organically. So my, fa- my first business back when I was 21, so I'm 26 now, my first business was a, a retail business selling eco-friendly products. And when I say I, you have people saying all the time that they wing it. Like you, you just have people all the time saying that they are oh, winged business. I did this, I did that. Pun, it, pun intended with wing, obviously. But it's, um, you know, they, they winged it all the time. And that is true. I had no one around me that was self-employed, no one in my family that was self-employed. I was classed as disadvantaged at school. I was I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until last year as of recording this. So I've gone for all these years of my life without knowing I've got ADHD. And it literally was like, I'm 21, I've got no collateral, like I've got I don't have kids, I don't own a home, I don't have any loans, I don't do anything. Do it now. And don't get wrong, there's lots of things out there. So where I am in, in Hull in East Yorkshire. There was a great group locally and I just went to them and they literally had a course which was free um, to go on and just learn about business. But once again, you just learned the kind of description of business. You didn't really learn. You got taught how to run it and different things and we didn't really have someone going, this is what you need to do to run a business and to launch it. You know, it, it, it was really one of the things and I just had to wig it. But then it goes back to the cliche thing of you're as good as the people around you. So that's why as soon as I humanly could, um, that PA I was just talking about, we met through a mutual friend um, and she got me into networking. And as soon as I got around these people and I was like, I'm winging this as much as I am, it's like just get in with them business people. And that is how I started. It's get, and people go, well, where do I look for them? Google the word networking. Networking near me, just Google it. Um, don't get me wrong, they're gonna, a lot of them are going to hound you to join you know, they're going to hound you to join and pay the membership fee. There's a lot of free ones. I tried all of them. Like There's, I'm a, lot, type, there's like, a lot of money in this space where like you, you pay, but you don't really know what the value is there. And like, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you probably more than a lot of people know that. Yeah, like completely. And it's one of them. I'll admit, right? I tried every, I used every single free visit, every single free thing I could. I didn't have any cash flow. I didn't even know what cash flow was. Like, you know, I didn't have any money. So I started just going to all these free visits and a lot of them, they offer like two visits for free. So I maxed out other, other than the only ones I couldn't go to was the women only ones because obvious reasons, but I just did. And then it got to it and I got chatting back to Michelle, who was the PA. And I went, which one would you recommend? You've got to know me. You've got to know my personality. And she kind of gave me a pros and cons list for like three of them. And she was like, now it's up to you. You need to pick one. And I ended up investing in one on the people not on what else was in it. And I was like, I like the people here. Like, I like the people. I, I can get on with them. They've had conversation, you know, we've grabbed coffees, talk about life. And that's what I looked at. And, you know, people that I've never networked before, look for that bit. Don't just look for where can you get the most money from. You've got to find people, you know. It's just one of them things. I was really interested because Callum did this business course that obviously didn't resonate with him at the time. And he was kind of like, I guess, at a bit of a crossroads. And then he jumped into networking. And I really wanted to get, you know, into the crux of why he, he started doing networking. And I guess, like, what was he trying to get out of it? Because obviously he was trying to promote his business, but was there an underlying thing there of like promoting himself as an entrepreneur, building his personal brand, like building all these contacts? Like, what was the actual ambition behind his networking to, like, did he think he would get to where he was right now? So, yeah, we jump into it. Okay, so two things. I never shut up. So 
a, a, a location or a space where I could constantly talk and get to know people and chat to them was perfect for me. That was, at my time, that was my best form of marketing, was talking to people. You know, no matter who it was, whether it's a random person at the bus stop or anything like that. Um, yeah, but, like, but when you say marketing, I hate to cut you off, but when you say marketing, like, what were you marketing? Like, what, as in, like, what were you trying to sell to them? If you were so trying for to me, anything? at first, it was public speaking. Okay. It was, it was public speaking at first. I had this business and I, 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 this business was blue because no one else was doing it. It was an eco business and literally no one, no one in the city within about 40 miles was doing this. So I got so much marketing and I got asked to do a gig here and a gig there. And I was like, oh, well, this could be great. I could monetize this. Um, so I got into networking and I, I honestly kid you not, the first one that I joined, I joined it. I did this pros and cons list, joined it, joined it as a public speaker. And this guy came up to me and he went, oh, so what do you do for business? I went, oh, I'm a public speaker. Don't forget, I've got this retail business, but I'm not there for the retail business. I'm there for public speaking. And this guy went, yeah, but what's your business? I went, public speaking. No, 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 you're not getting the point. I went, no, that is what my business is. He went, well, I'm a public speaker. It's not my business. I don't get paid for it. I went, well, I've been paid for the first two gigs that I've done. Like, if you've not been paid... Like, what do I do? That was my first experience and I still stuck to it. Like a lot of people would go, well, what an obnoxious guy. Like, why would I stay in this? So I originally went for public speaking on that aspect. And that's even saying well, what that. Were you, what, were public speaking of, what were you public speaking about? Me. Um, just me. How I got to it. How I started, you know, what I, why I wanted to do business. My first gig was actually my college where I went to, where I studied catering. So it was just like how... What I've learned in there, so like life skills that I've learned from there that have got me to open in a business, why I started a business. And it was also a talk about to people where I wanted to go with it. Like where was I, where was I going to be in three, five and 10 years time? Where was I looking at? Um, but I did it on three, five and nine because after nine years, I would have been 30. So I did it on three, five and nine years. And it was talking that, and it was literally just about me, what I'd learned so far, where I'd been, what the plan was, how the funding. And it was just to, for the people that booked me, it was to get the, the younger it was aimed at younger generation to think about self-employment and if it was a route for them and that it's possible like that that it's possible but the talk was just about me and i winged it i completely but were winged you it. were you actually getting like i knew you, you self-employed the other retail business but like what was business like at that point was it was it big like did you i know you were winging it and like the, there is like there can be a sense of fake it till you make it with a lot of these things i'm not mm. like accusing you of that at all but it's like i guess yeah did you ever get did you ever feel imposter syndrome at that point Absolutely, because I had a business partner when I started this. I took a £15,000 loan out and overnight he stole £7,500 of it and gambled it. Oh my um, God. So the £15,000 loan was my own loan. Naivety was that he's run several businesses in the past, researched it and he had and it was successful. But the money was mine because he couldn't get any money because he had a mortgage or so on and so on. He couldn't get it. And he gambled it. And this imposter syndrome was crap. I've I've got this money now. I've got seven and a half thousand pounds left. I've had to pay for X amount of things already, which are now irrelevant. I'd spent about two and a half thousand pounds of it on stuff I didn't even need anymore because once again, winging it. And I was like, I'm sat here with like you know five people. Pounds. People are looking up to you in that. Yeah, space. like and, what, and what, as well, you're getting you're getting paid yeah. to speak. Yeah, Fa- family. You know, I'm getting paid. To, you know, I've done this, blah blah. And I've always spoken about the. I've always spoken about the theft. I've done that ever since pretty much it happened because the biggest thing I did with that was that person is still my best friend to this day because he had to be. If, otherwise, it would have eaten at me and I would not be where I am now. I know it. I would not be. And it was complete imposter syndrome. And it was people like, oh, you're so successful, blah, blah, blah. 
And it is where, when people are self-employed, we all talk about it. I've never met anyone that hasn't. When you are self-employed within the first three to five years, it will be the poorest you have ever been. You, you know, if you get lucky and you, you get, you know, very well off financially, amazing. But, you know, th there is some fake it till you make it. I've stolen books, right? I've stolen books to help my business because I couldn't afford them and I couldn't pay for them. Very equivalent to like Stephen Bartlett stealing Chicago Town pizzas because he was hungry. He was trying to get his business going. I was, I stole a couple of books. I'm not proud of it. But because I was like, I, I need to make this work now. I have this money there. I need to do it. And I have all these people looking at I'm getting interviewed by BBC Radio Humberside. Like this amazing young entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. And it's mad. And kind of like three, four months ago now, I talked to the lady who founded that course that I went on. We had a good catch up. So do you know you became the face of Young Entrepreneurs for East Yorkshire for three years? Did I? She went, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I looked at it and I was like, was I drunk for all of that? Like, was I? Because I just didn't see it, but it's because of what I was looking at and facing myself. I didn't see these because them things to me, what she saw, I kind of didn't take any gratitude towards it because for me, I was like, I need to do these things because this is what will make my business work. So I was like, what was I? For me, I was just going on the radio. I was speaking at keynotes. I was going to the dinners. I was, I was going to the schools because I had to, because that's what made the business work. So like that, it went from like that retail business to you speaking about that retail business, you speaking about mm -hmm. the theft and stuff like that. I think like probably, and then over time, you became better as a public speaker and kind of, yeah. you got that kind of, you cemented your position as like, I guess more of a mental position more than anything. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So was that the ambition from day one doing these talks? No. The ambition of the talks were to become a public speaker. Having my business in the background, that just taking over, franchise it, um, and then just public speaking about it. And, you know, being like Ben Francis and, and Stephen Bartlett, you know, two people that I look up to. And being like them with these assets in the background while I'm running around willy-nilly doing whatever. Um by this point, by the way, this shop was six foot by four foot in a market. It's a shop because it had a shutter, which is why I classed it as a shop. Technically, it was a stall. It was a shop because it had a shutter and I had a key. And don't get me wrong, like I I, um, I launched a representatives program. I had 46 people around the country selling my products on commission. Um, I don't know if that was legal, but I did it. Um, because once again, it was making sure I got that money in. And I really don't know if it was legal or not, but I did it. And it was really one of them things. So yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the end ambition was when we speaking. I just wanted to be a public speaker. I don't really think I thought that far ahead. Yeah, but like the thing is, Callum, you grew up in an area, and you, you talked about how like this wasn't a job for like that you've seen anyone else do, and like we were no. doing right now. So I guess like for you, when was the kind of light bulb moment of you going into this space that you are right now? Like did did how did you approach your first client? Like how did all that stuff happen? Did they approach you? Like yeah, well, what was the process? So I'm kind of nicknamed like the ideas man. Um, it's one of my newest clients that's kind of nicknamed me that. And everyone else, once again, agrees. And I've always been like it. Even when I was employed, I've been like it. I've always been the guy going to employers. Oh, I've got this idea. I've got this. I've got that. Or we should look at this. We should look at that. And it was saying that to business owners about their business in a very non-offensive way. It was just like, oh, I've had this idea if you're open to it. And it just... I end up helping one guy without even thinking about it. Like you said, more in that mentoring role, helped him out a bit more in that. And I helped a couple more people. And when I say I found them, it, it was more like, I don't know how they kind of just appeared and I was talking to them. 
Like, if I think back on it now, once again, this kind of like drunken state of not really taking anything. We're getting, we getting paid for those ones. No, completely free. Right. So this is the this is the point. And then so mentoring role first. Then I realized I was helping a lot of people, and a lot of people were wasting my time because I weren't doing anything with my help and advice. So then I started bringing a more of a coaching streak because I was like, well, actually, we're going to go sit in. It was Yates. We used to go sit in Yates. Sit there. We're going to get a drink. You're going to sit there. You're going to fucking do it. Like simple as that. We're going to sit there. You're going to fucking do it because you're not wasting my time. Right. Okay. And then this number just dropped because all these people were like, oh, well, I was just talking to you about this idea kind of thing. I'm like, right, great. And the first two official people I helped, one was a plant shop and one was a photographer. That plant shop now is a six figure high street store and they've just opened a bar. Um, and the photographer now is one of the biggest um, photographers in Leeds. So, and it was just helping them from that point. Then I got long, very long story short, I got one of them into networking. He met actual coaches and things and he came back to me and he said, how much would you charge for me to help you? Charge, just buy me a Nando's? Like, what do you mean charge? It's because he met these and he went, they do what you do, but you do it better because you think outside the box and you actually understand me and my business and the way I'm trying to think about it. And it just came from there. And I remember the first time I ever charged anyone for an hour of my time, I charged them £25. Remember that. And I was, it was very much like out of this drunken state now, like someone's just paying me 25 quid to talk to me for an hour. Yeah, like, but it's more, it's more of the like, it doesn't even matter about the money, like how much it is. It's more about like someone's willing to pay this amount of, like I, we got it for wing at the beginning. It was like someone's actually willing to pay for this. And then it's like that light bulb moment. It's like, oh, if I'm, if I improve, if I get more clients, I could charge more. Like it's that light bulb moment where someone's actually willing to pay. That's the difference. Absolutely. And do you know what? I know it sounds really daft, but it was the fact it was into my bank and not into my hand as cash. It's like I could actually see them numbers in a bank account. Because I, I remember the day that that £15,000 business, I screenshotted the day my business loan went in. Like, really, I wish now I'd go back and go send it back, send it back. But it's it was that £25 dropped to my bank. And I was like, yep, someone cares about my time. All, the, all these years, I've put this energy into employers and so on and so on, trying to help them, and they never cared. Someone now values my it values my time is the bit. Um, and yeah, so it kind of came from there. Like I said, a lot of it was kind of like a drunken kind of. So you weren't searching like, for clients like yourself. It was just they came to you because a question I was going to ask, like when I was doing research, was like around like because I, loads of freelancers exist, right? Like, and so many yeah. of them, like, there's more now than there were probably before. Like, it was, it's increased, and like you getting all these different types of gigs. I was going to ask, like, how was it getting your first client? Like, did you have to search a lot? Like, how was it emotionally on you? But for you, it was like, you didn't know that you could charge. You were having these conversations for free with these individuals. And then you got one person who's like, yeah, I'd rather pay you than this guy because, like, you're yeah. more knowledgeable. And, like, yeah. I've even had a guy. So fast forward, once again, about two months ago, maybe three months ago um, from this, someone asked me for a meeting. And I don't mind admitting they won't work with me because I'm too cheap for the value I gave them. They was like, the amount of value you give us, you are too cheap. Like, are you going to end up flaking out on us? Like, and it made me go back to the drop. Don't get me wrong. There is also a, a kind of side note. They end up finding someone a bit more to their industry and their niche. They was like, we would have just said to you, we are going to pay you more money. And once again, that was only a few months ago from this. I've done this for three and a half years at this point. For someone to go to me, I need to put an extra zero on the end of my invoice before they work with me because they that's what they want to pay me after one one hour conversation. One even an hour, it was 20 minutes. It was a 20 minute conversation. Is 
mad. Like, that's absolutely mad. It's like, I'm now out of this drunken state. I've been out of this drunken state for a while. By the way, when I say drunken state, I wasn't actually drunken. It was kind of just like a haze. Like, everything just kind of bled into it. I just didn't focus on it. So, yeah. Before before we wrap up, Callum, I'd love to get, I guess, uh, like, practical advice on, like, the stuff that you, I guess, like a snippet of, or say say that plant shop, for instance, or the, or the photographer, mm-hmm. or, like, any, any client that you have at the moment. It's like, I guess you speak to them, you have an initial call, you learn about their problems and stuff like that. When do you start injecting that sense of uncon- unconventionality, if that's a word, I think it probably yeah. isn't, but well, you get what I'm trying to say. Like when does when does that start introducing itself and what are the kind of like growth strategies that you would give to those individuals? I guess like as a, as a tip for business owners that are listening right now. Okay, so the photographer, give him a great one. So the photographer is like, oh, I want to get more product shoots. I was like, right, okay. And remember by this point, I've not really worked with anyone. So I was like, right, okay. Um, what type of product shoots? He was like, well, I've shot um, like nightclubs and things in the past, but I'd maybe like to do a little bit more like scene setting for websites and so on and so on. I was like, right, okay. So what I did is I sent him the task. He only had a push bike. He didn't drive. He didn't have a, a motorbike or anything. He had a push bike. So take your push bike and your camera. And in Hull, we have like two streets called the avenues, which is connected. But one end is like the city center. The other end is the university. So it's like the main like university crawl. So it's always busy. It's cocktails, good food, everything like that. I said to him, I went on a Friday evening or a Saturday evening, cycle down and just take a picture of this venue. Take a couple on the out, on the outside, just of the ambience, of the lights. Do it for all the ones you want, not for all of them. Take them back, edit them, pick one photo and print it out. Just that one. And write on the back of it like a postcard and send it to the restaurant. So basically, you've shown them the type of photo you literally want to take of their venue. Right on the back, send it to them, put your contact number on. Every single one of them booked in. Yeah, Every I mean, it's those sort of marketing strategies that I, I definitely fall in love with. And like we are exploring them for wing, like doing stuff like that. Because um, they, they do work really well. They get people's attentions. Then you can like write about them on LinkedIn. And like you can foster even more attention from the back of that. We're doing a lot of them for my NFT also is it is those unconventional strategies that will get you both like new clients because it gets you noticed, but also it will get you the attention of other people through like writing about them, you know? So I, I, I do fully agree with you. And then like the kind of thing where that was, cause then, so it's also looking at the stages after it was like, once you get in, then we're going to give them a package where you go back every season and do it. And you know, then you're also going to go on mother's day and you're also going to go on Christmas. And it was also just building up this kind of like, 12 months of revenue which he got from one marketing stint and once again it was kind of like that's it sounds so obvious but it was kind of making it obvious and then going and doing it and once again that's staying unconventional because i I, i'm not a photographer i don't know how photographers would have gotten in there it's just the way i see it is that's how i would do it and that's what, how we did it anyway. I think that's an amazing note to end on, to be honest. So yeah. Callum, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure having you on. How can people stay in touch with you and what you're kind of getting up to in the meantime? And I think it is probably worth noting that you are like looking to get on 100 podcasts by the end of this year, which is like a pretty cool thing. And I think you're in, how, how many are you on right now? Well, I've got, 12, this I've got for this year, for this year, I've got 12 books so far. Um, cool. So, but I've been on them before, but for this year, I want 100 for this year. Um, but I'm, I'm in talks with a lot of people. I've got 12 books, but it's only March when recording this. Like, you know, I've, I've done two. This is my second one today. So I'm starting to fly through them. Um, but no, it's if exhausting, want to get... the recording. Absolutely. Yeah, um, but if people want to get in touch with me, it is um, Instagram. It is my website. But in particular, it's my YouTube channel at the moment. 
because um, obviously, as we both know, as of recording this, I'm about to go traveling for a month or two around Europe. Um, so if people actually want to see what I'm getting up to and what I'm doing, it'd be my Instagram, my website, my LinkedIn, um, but in particular, my YouTube. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much, Callum, again for joining me. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Millennial Entrepreneur. And thank you so much for staying to the very end of the episode. It means so much that you've listened to the very end. If you did enjoy this episode, we would appreciate if you could leave a five-star written review. It helps out podcast so much. And also subscribe because we've got some amazing guests lined up. Some, you know, Forbes 30 and 30 entrepreneurs are coming on the podcast. Some real game changers in the industry that I am so happy to have on the podcast. Some, some pretty big names. So yeah, do subscribe to not miss those and also follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Uh, we are on LinkedIn, if any of you guys are on LinkedIn and not on Instagram. <laughs> more, more sort of like vocal on Instagram, but yeah, LinkedIn is there. I hope you enjoy this episode once again and catch you in the next one.